Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. Good morning, Houston. Great day. We are going to make this, what again? A great day. Why? Because we control what the day is going to be like in the studio with us. Today, of course, is Howard Reynolds, El Extraordinaire, as well as Jack Van Beber, the telephone guy, as well as the one who gives us the thought of the morning. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing out there in the control room? We control room? the volume. We control the focus. We control the brightness. We control the dimness. And here is Jack to control the darkness. Okay. <laughs> A-M-O-C. This is the Atlantic Meridional Circulating Overturning Circulation. This is our global air conditioner, and they're warning that it could fail in as little as two years. This is serious, people. Uh, no kidding. We're going to be yes. post-toasting in a couple of years? Just you know start what it's it oh, is boy. funny because Europe, uh, the, the weather in Europe would change dramatically because even though they're at the same latitude at some of the coldest areas, their winters are very moderated. Their summers are moderated. So, Jack, you nailed it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, this is this is the circulation that drops off of Greenland, goes under deeply and surfaces in the tropics, which cools the tropics, and then sends the circulation back north. This yep. is serious. Mother Nature is 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 poised to, uh, as Carlin said, shake us off like a ca bad case of fleas. Ah, boy. Yeah. Well, it, darn it. Uh, I forgot something, Begberto. I forgot to forget? tell our friend Harry that that was Boneyism by Boney James starting off the show this morning. So he's listening, going, what was that smooth jazz song? I can read his mind from here. <laughs> it's Boneyism from Boney James. Now let's have that great show you were talking about. Yeah, we're going we to have a great show for you today, folks. The title of the show is A Discussion on Political Civility. What it really is, is the, is the talk that I gave at the, uh, the, Oh, what is it called? The Unitarian Fellowship in Houston. So I'm going to play that. It's not, I think, yesterday I played it at the, on the three o'clock show. And when more than one person tells you, hey, go ahead and, you know, try to get that one out there, civility and politics. So we're going to, we're going to play that one. But also the mainstream fails us on climate change dramatically. I recently gave an important civil civility speech at the Unitarian Fellowship Church. Then the mainstream media is failing us dramatically on climate change. So we're going to cover those two subjects. Please remember, folks, that you can go to, first of all, you can listen to us on the dial, 90.1 FM, for those who are streaming right now. If you if you had to jump in your car before you get a chance to make changes, just go to 90.1 FM Houston. You can also get to us by downloading the TuneIn application from, TuneIn app from the Android store or the Apple store. Tune it in and... Go ahead and search for KPFT and you'll find us and stream on your phone. You can also go directly to our website from any browser, kpft.org, kpft.org. And while you're there, if you're so inclined and you say, you know what, I want these guys to have shorter fund drives, you can go ahead and start it early and say, I am going to support Politics Done Right and KPFT by clicking that donate button. Alternatively, you can watch us live Right now, you can see me wearing my Trek shirt because I go work out right after this. 
Uh, and we're doing Facebook. You can find that at facebook.com slash KPFT Houston, which is a video of our great program here, facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. Or you can watch it on YouTube by going to politicsandright.tv. Once again, politicsandright.tv. If you want to talk or if you want to send me something and say, I want you to cover this, I hate what you're doing, I want you to research this, whatever, you can send me an email at kpft at politicsdoneright.com. That is kpft at politicsdoneright.com. And of course, you can call into the show. This is a, this is a, a, a fairly long thing. I have a half show or so. So if you want to call in right now to say something real quickly or just wait till after we play the video, 713-526-5738, extension number 2. 713-526-5738, extension number two. I'll wait a minute to see if any calls come in before I start this thing. In the interim, I just want to say that uh, Fitch has raised our discount rate, actually uh, our, our rating, our credit rating of the United States government, which should allow uh, the banksters to charge higher interest rates in, in the bonds that we print for them to, you know, to handle our debt. It is just another form of extortion. Who could possibly reduce the debt rating of the United States? If the debt rating, if the United States doesn't pay its debt, guess what? The, 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 the world economic system fails. It will never happen. It's a force that any credit bureau would actually attempt to give the United States of America a credit rating. Understand what that is. That is just a legal way to force the United States taxpayers to pay higher for the debt that we have, a debt or deficit created by the extortion of the plutocrats in their tax reduction schemes and all the other schemes that they use not to pay taxes. It's once again the economic system telling the rest of us not the economic system per se, but the instantiation of the economic systems, what we've created, telling us, we have you by the pelotas and we can take whatever we want from you. And that will continue to occur unless we follow uh, Howard's corollary, elect those who will stand by you. Vote the bombs out, vote those in, and have a government, we the people, who prevent those who continue to extricate whatever they can from us. People, we have more power than you think. Understand that I saw a new Trump commercial today attacking Biden. And by the way, I always have to tell folks, I am no Biden fan, but he's doing fairly well by our country right now. I saw ad, his political ad, and I'm sitting back down there and I say, oh my God, Trump has some great ad writers. That's a very effective ad. Um, I'll probably play it on a three o'clock show. I don't have the time to play it right now. But anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the civility talk. And then we'll continue this program with whatever you guys want us to do. Here we go. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Uh, 
First of all, I want to thank Harold for giving me this great invitation. And as I look around the room, I see a whole lot of people that I know. Thank you guys for uh, for being here. Um, anyhow, a little bit about myself. First of all, I'm originally from Central America, Panama. You know that little peninsula. That yeah, all the way in Central America. And uh, when I grew up, uh, one of the big things about the United States is that. All of us, one of our dreams were, was to come to the United States, and you know, we just kind of loved it. It was one of the dreams that we, many people had. Uh, not everybody could get here, a lot of folks got here. Now, I remember my grandfather, he was, I think it was on a merchant ship or something, how he got to New York, and he would come back to Panama and visit, and I remember um, one time I picked up his shoes, right? And I said, imagine this stuff walked in New York. That's the kind of reverence that people used to have for the United States all over all over the world. And to, to some extent, people still have the idea of what the United States is supposed to be. It never was, but it's the idea of what it was supposed to be. Now, I moved over here. I got a degree in, in mechanical engineering, but I can tell you one thing. I was always an activist from back in school and high school, always a rebel router, came over here, did the same thing at the, at the University of Texas. I was out there with the green beret on and, and marching for uh, take the University of Texas to get out of South Africa because South Africa was an apartheid country, etc. Those were my what I call the very radical, the radical days, the radical times. But as I grew older, uh, I figured out that if we did things the same way that we always did, we didn't get the results. After all, look at America today. How much different is it than it is than it was uh, many years back? So I took a different tactic. I remember, uh, first of all, as I said, I'm, I'm an engineer. As such, what I believe in are simply numbers, numbers and formulas. Everything should follow a number, everything should follow a formula. You do that and everything works out fine. Today I got an example that that doesn't matter even as I came to the church and had some nice discussions with people, friendly discussions, and one realizes that it's not good enough to be right. It's not good enough to know what you think you know. It's only good enough if you can have somebody trust you, and after they trust you, start listening to you. In other words, you can't, it doesn't matter how right you are. If you doubt it, visit MAGA. MAGA today believes what they believe, irrespective of whatever is out there. So one of the things that I, um, I like to follow as I grew older was this theory of civility. And civility doesn't mean giving up your own morals. Civility doesn't mean giving up what the, the, the things that you truly believe in. But civility also means communicating. So back, I don't know if you remember, in the 2008 period, uh, when Obama got elected and he attempted to get the Affordable Care Act passed, Obamacare, uh, the violence that occurred in the country, mental violence, physical violence, and all that sort of thing that occurred in the country. And um, I remember thinking, and uh, thinking in those times, wow, this country is going to explode, things are going really bad, etc., 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 and as a person who really stays on the internet 24-7, seeing this little young lady come on and she wanted to form something called 
another, the coffee party, USA. It wasn't really in response to the tea party, but it was the coffee party, USA, the idea to bring civility into our communication. Have, have a cup of coffee with somebody. If you have a cup of coffee with somebody, if you're talking to somebody, you can't be doing what? You can't be fighting them. If you like somebody, if you, even if you disagree with them, you disagree with your wife, you disagree with your sister, your brother, and everybody else, but you know what? You still love them. You still have conversations with them. So I said, you know, that sort of appealed to me then. You know, one of the things that we, we, we know about, about the way our minds work is it's not necessarily always rational. Many times the way our minds work is our own belief systems. In the discussion that I had in that little room back there, I watched four different belief systems at once working working against what some would believe are factual basis of information, etc. And that's just how the world works. You may believe something, but it doesn't it's not necessarily right. But until you have trust in that which tells you otherwise, that will never change. I mean, that is the reason why if, if you look at our current politics with a Donald Trump, who is a bona fide someone who knows very little, he still garners the attention of many others, engineers, lawyers, doctors follow this guy. They all, deep inside, they, they know better, but they follow him. So when I joined the coffee party uh, and, and, and became a, a board member of the coffee party, the idea was, how do we form narratives? Or how do we get people to coalesce around something that that have that would allow us to communicate? And that is what we started out building uh, during the ten year span that we that we well we still exist but not not as we did before the ten year span. And one of the things that we we started to speak about was first of all be the media, be the media, uh, be that. Be that objective group that isn't paid for. By the way, as a, as a member, as a host of a radio show at Coffee Park at, at the KPFT. By the way, uh, every morning, six in the mornings, you can uh, tune into KPFT and listen to the program Politics and Right, which is a one that I host. Um, one of the things that 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 we came about there is, if you are the media, if you are the person given information, if you can get folks to have faith in you, or not necessarily have faith in a religious form, but you can earn their respect, you can actually start to affect change. And that is the sort of stuff that we did at the Coffee Party USA. That is the sort of stuff that I'm trying to do at in, on Politics Done Right at KPFT. One of the things that I realize most of all is we don't think in numbers and formulas the way I think of as an engineer. If I want to be able to communicate with others, what, who has to change? Me, right? If I want to communicate with any one of you, what do I have to do? If I don't find that method of communicating, I got to change. I got to figure out what is, how can I get you to have trust in me to start listening to what I have to say compared to what your beliefs are. And that is what's the most difficult thing for any human being to do. Because again, we always think we're right. 
We always that we always think we always want to be comfortable. We always want to we don't we don't necessarily want to create to think critically if it's going to affect our the beliefs that we have, the things that we were taught. After all, we are the best country. After all, we are the good ones. After all, we wouldn't do bad things. Well, I tell you something. Humility is very important, right? Um, once to be able to talk to folks, in my humble opinion, you first have to be able to talk to yourself, look at yourself, and tell yourself, I got to change. I've got to be able to listen. I've got to be able to do. And 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 personally, that is what I did. Uh, let, let me see. I want to make sure that I... What time did I start? I want to make sure that my timing is good. 20 minutes. Okay, good. Uh, one, one, has, one, one has to change. Now... When I came to the United States, I'm, like I said, I'm from a, a Latin American country. And um, I always say that I, I suffered from these three strikes, right? Uh, in, in, in this country, sexism is bad. Homophobia is bad. All those, all those bad things I came to this country with. And in the process of being here and learning and allowing myself to change, they were all extricated from myself. Why do I like to tell that story? Because I also tell a lot of the story about all the other isms that we suffer from, the racism, these other isms. But it's hard for many times for us to tell these stories if we are coming as the arbiters of good against all the arbiters of bad. If one can, within themselves, point out that we as human beings all have our isms, not to make the isms equal, but we do have our isms and can change from our isms, then we can actually change the world, right? Now, uh, it, it is easier said than done. And all the things that I, that I talk about on the radio, that I write about, etc. one of the things that I try to do is I try to first test it out on whom? On me. I try to make sure how would I feel if somebody tells me this? How would I feel if somebody tells me that? How would I, how would I react and what would I do about it? And understand that I had to change what, what I actually believed, not only what I actually believe, but I, how I actually partake that, I mean, partake that to others. One of the things that I learned as well is that we don't, like I said, don't speak in formulas and equations and all these other things. We actually speak in stories. And with that, there are, I think maybe how many stories, about, about five quick stories, four quick stories that I, that I like to talk about in how working in being civil actually makes change. I told you the coffee party story as far as how I got involved with the coffee party and how it really, we work together to talk about talking to people civilly to actually effect change. In other words, uh, 
we, we reached just about every spectrum of America for the changes that every spectrum of America to talk about the political issues that were going on back in 2010, 2011, 12, etc. And we actually had some good successes in, in, in these groups. But I want to talk about an exact one. I live in Kingwood, Texas. The, probably the reddest area in uh, the reddest area in this county, and I've written uh, five books, but three of them political. Well, three and a half of them political, and I would sit in that Starbucks and write and write and write. And there are people that would come in there and they see me there all of the time. And some folks would get the nerve up to say, "What are you doing here? Don't you work? Don't you, you know that that sort of that sort of a thing, right?" But yeah, I'm working. I'm writing, right? So there's this woman. Uh, she had the great nerve that she's going to sit down and have a chat with me. Uh, a Kingwood white woman, you know, she's going to sit down there and she's going to talk to me. And she sat down and, what do you do? And I told her about that I write books and that I'm into healthcare and all this stuff. And said, oh, good. And then what, why did I mention healthcare? She was into healthcare and she hated Obamacare and, and all these things. And I sit down and I listen. One of the things that I like to talk about is the most important thing that people like, all of us, is not only for people to hear us, but for people to listen to us. In other words, to understand that I am not waiting to answer, I'm not waiting to come back to whatever you tell me. I am actually going to listen to you, absorb what you've said, and analyze what you've said. That's important. Why is that important? Because if I don't do that, I simply assume I'm right. But can I be wrong? Yeah, you bet your life I could. So every time, I've, and it's a learning process because we all think we know. So I try to do that. So she's talking about health care and she hated Obamacare, but she doesn't have Obamacare. She has a great corporate insurance and she started to talk about the things that she liked about it and what she didn't like about it, etc. So I made a scenario and I started asking her questions. I didn't tell her anything. I asked her, wouldn't it be nice if health insurance did this? Yeah, that's what she should do. Wouldn't it be nice if health insurance did that? Yeah, that would be great. And I'm talking about things like universal health care, all, all these great things I'm asking her, right? And I'm feeling guilty now because everybody in Kingwood's conservative. Well, 70% of people in Kingwood are conservative. At my Starbucks, just about everybody's conservative. And, and you may have conservatives in here as well. I don't know. But everybody was conservative. And, you know, so I'm describing to her what I think healthcare should look like. Or rather, she's describing to me, based on my leading questions, what health insurance should look like. Great. I'm starting to feel guilty now because it's like this woman is in the palm of my hands. And I'm, it's like she doesn't know I'm probably the, the most left-wing liberal in Kingwood there is. So much so that they firebombed my house before, right? No kidding. So I, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I just want you to know that what you just described is actually not even Obamacare, but Medicare for all. 
And she looked at me like, no, no, not really. Really? Yeah, that's what you described. And then we continued with the conversation and I felt even more guilty because I know this woman thinks, you know, I'm just this black conservative in Kingwood and that's why she felt so comfortable talking to me. So I said, ma'am, let me just tell you something. I'm likely the most liberal left-wing person you would ever know in your life. And the woman turned red and she looked me straight in the eye and she said, but you are so nice. (laughs) And then I said, I looked at her and I said, I know we don't all have horns, you know, we don't have horns. But the reason I give this story, anybody who listens to me on the radio and hear this story all the time, the reason I give this story is not about being nice or anything like that. It's to see the perception and why we, the, the, the perception, the lack of civility that you see on Fox News, to some extent, the lack of civility that you see other places, that's, that is a genesis of it all. The genesis of the lack of civility that you have among people is what's been portrayed on us. Because again, she is sitting down there and what she has seen as soon she she was okay with me all along even when she, I told her what she she was okay but as soon as I was a liberal a progressive as soon as that came out it was like but you don't fit the profile right none of us fit the profile none of us fit any profile the thing about it is we are all individuals in that regards but again the system, you know, I always talk about our economic system, and this is not any kind of one of my economic speeches or anything like that, but I just want to kind of uh, dub on it a, a, a little bit. Our economic system depends on us being at each other's throats. Our economic system depends on racism. Racism is an act, is a function, a necessary part of our economic system. Sexism is a necessary part of our economic system. Anybody wants to understand that some other time, please listen to my radio show on that one because this is too it's, it's too intense to get into that. But I want folks to understand that all of we are all puppets in this game. The lack of civility, all that sort of stuff, we are being puppeteered. When we talk about rugged individualism, we want to be rugged individual. We want to be independent of of anything. We want to even even some of us liberals will go ahead and elect some crazy new liberal uh, folks under the pretext that we are individuals and we want more of these things. We want to have more control. We all need each other. Period. Period. Nobody, when you drive out of this, sorry, when you drive out of this place, when you drive, as soon as you leave this building, the amount of people that you are dependent on for your success, for for getting along, very few of us are willing to accept. The amount of people that makes us what we are. I always tell the story as well, you know, um, how did I, I'm I'm a businessman, okay? I had a software company and uh, and that, you know, mechanical engineer with a software company, doing great all of that. And I remember one night sitting down and watching all the crap that was going on back in the day, during the political time. And I said, somebody needs to do something about this. This was back before 2010. Somebody needs to do something about that. And I remember one night, just in the dark of my home office, saying, I'm always talking, 
always talking. If somebody got to do about it, bet you better you better throw yourself in the game because somebody got to be you too. And notice I said you too because somebody has to be all of us, right? In some form, some fashion, some way. And at the time, business was going great. My daughter was about to leave to college. So I didn't have to hide anymore. I used to blog as a, um, you know what pseudonyms are, right? When you, I, I, I would write letters to the editor. I would write articles and that sort of stuff with not in my name because my daughter went to Kingwood High School. And I didn't want her to have to suffer for what her dad did. But as soon as 2009 came and she was out of there, at that point, I started writing the articles in the newspapers and writing the books in my name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because at that point it was like, so what are they going to do? You know, nothing can happen. But again, it was about having to do something to, to make the change. Now, I, I, I kept that up. I, I used my little, uh, before the pandemic, that is, I used my little Starbucks hole uh, to um, to really try to do what I, what I try to tell folks we all have to do. And that is talk earn the trust of people. I don't like to use the word educate because it sounds a little bit too presumptuous, but I like to use the word inform or, or something. Inform the people that you talk to. I'll be in a grocery store and I hear a Kingwood grocery store and I would hear some silly comment and I would nicely walk up to the lady or the guy or whatever and say, actually, no, that's not what happened or that's not how it is. And they'll turn around startled and like, uh, well, uh, who are you? Well, I'm just, I just overheard. I'm sorry. I just overheard what you're saying and make the change. And you'd, you'd, be, you'd be amazed at some of the things you hear in a grocery store, you know? I'm amazed at, you'd be amazed at who your neighbors are sometimes uh, when you listen to these things. I remember being in the, in, the, in the Starbucks one time, and this guy was very anti-immigrant and very anti-immigrant. And he said to me, uh, you know those immigrants X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, well, you know, you know you're talking to an immigrant, right? And by the way, you are an immigrant too. You just came a couple of, about a, you know, a few hundred, a hundred years or so earlier, but you're an immigrant too. Uh, but, you know, we kept on talking. And every time he sees my license plate there, he'll come into Starbucks and he'd, he'd just want the challenge and he'd want the talk. So we always talk about immigration. And I'll, I'll, I'll give him the example as to why we can't live without immigrants. And um, I made this, he was going to be soon, soon to be on social security, I believe. And I gave him the social security story relative to immigrants because, you know, we're holding up the, the social security system. And he didn't believe me, of course, but he listened and he went home and did his research. And he came back to Starbucks one time and he slapped me in the back and he said, you're going to like me now. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, I'm for immigration. Okay, but I want to do it the Republican way. <laughs> okay, said, um, why don't you write me up a blog and I'll post it on my site? I will post it under a pseudonym because I know you don't want these folks in Kingwood to know you for immigration now. And then he's like, no, you can put my name on it. And the guy wrote a blog post on immigration the Republican way. But the thing about it is it wasn't exactly what I would want. But it's a start, right? I mean, it, it is something like, oh, communication actually works. This is a dude 
who hated immigrants. This is a dude who wanted nothing to do with immigration, but we were able to show that, and, and this is a, this is a selfish part about us a lot of times, right? We're able to show that, no, immigrants are good for you. Now, his empathetic heart didn't kick in for immigration. His pocketbook kicked in for immigration, you know? And, and so when I talk about talking and earning people's trust, you earn, we are, we are one, one country and none of us are leaving the country. None of us are leaving the country. So whatever we have to do to, to get to effect change is something that we need to do. The last story, Daniel Boone. Everybody remember Daniel Boone was a man. Remember that those days? Well, I, the Tea Party is very, there's a Daniel Boone family, father, grandfather, great grandfather in, in, in this stuff. So I used to do this, uh, these pieces for CNN I reports. So I would be on CNN about two or three times a week doing these things called I reports and they'll play my stuff on air all the time. So this group in Katy, uh, you know, they saw something that I did. I don't remember on what subject. And they contacted, they got to CNN, they contacted me to go to on, on, on to meet with them, right? So it was a family. Daniel Boone, his, fa his family. And they came out there and we wanted, it was during the Obama days and they wanted to talk about healthcare or whatever. They, this Tea Party group, I had never been treated as well as these guys. They wanted to show me that everything that we spoke about them, that they were not racist, that they were good people, and they were they just wanted to lift themselves up by the bootstrap. The son didn't have health insurance. The father didn't have health insurance. The, great, the grandfather didn't have health insurance. And we sat down and we talked, and I let them tell me their stories, and I asked them, do you have health insurance? No. So what is it that Obama is doing that you don't want again? And we, we went through the whole story. By the end of the discussion, they like, you know, maybe we need to rethink what we're thinking about health insurance. And then I noticed something with that talk that I got at the Tea Party and also the media. If anybody remember what the media concentrated on during that time, it was... Um, the mother, the, the grandmother being thrown off the, the hill, death panels, and all these other issues. Nobody really tried to sit down from a standpoint of how it would affect individual families to have the health care in the manner that Obama was doing, a manner that I didn't disagree, that I agree with. I wanted something different, but it's all we had at the point, at the time. Nobody, but when these people, when you sat down and you first listened, earn their trust, speak to them with respect, not speak to them with what you perceive they are, but speak with them with a certain level of respect. Suddenly, their minds were open to listen. So grandfather, son, and wait, great grandfather, grandfather, father, and son was four, four, four of them. They were willing. Uh, they were then willing to, you know, take it under advisement. And that is all that we can ask for, communication. And the only way we can communicate is to be civil with each other and, and try to, I don't care what anybody here believes. I don't care if you are a racist, a sexist, or anything. It won't stop me from talking to you. I don't care who you are. If I feel 
that I can make a difference, not just for you or for me, but society at large, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I think more, everybody won't do that, but enough of us can do that to make a difference in our society. If enough of us start to think a little bit less about self and a little bit more about what can we do in the aggregate, I'm pretty sure we can make a change. And I think I came under my 20 minutes. Thank you very much. All right, folks, I hope you uh, like that. Um, it went over very well, both over there and on our three o'clock show. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. The phone lines are completely and entirely open. 713-526-5738. Una vez más, 713-526-5738. Extension number two, 713-526-5738. Extension number two, All right, folks, um, the next subject that we're supposed to talk about is the main mainstream coverage doesn't reflect urgency of major currents potential collapse, which is what our brother in the studio in the control room started our program with today. That change in the uh, that change in the currents. We have to get serious about that. Uh, but beforehand, I want to, uh, before I start the subject, I want to see if we're going to get any new calls, any calls in before we jump into that and or start going for that narrative. 713-526-5738, extension number two. Please remember, this is your show. And as such, you are the ones in control. You are the one in control. I'd love to hear from a lot of you. 713-526-5738. Three eight, and of course we have a we great have Johnny. We have wait, wait, wait a minute, Howard. Do it for me. Yes. You remember those? Here's Johnny. All right, <laughs> Johnny, come on in, brother. <laughs> Johnny. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were just funning me, and I didn't hear a sound. Uh, yeah, I wish I had his money, trust me, because KPP would be in the black right now. I liked your talk. I'm unclear on just one teeny tiny detail. Okay. Uh, the thing with your daughter, I don't understand what you were talking about. You refrained or limited yourself in how much you would publish because you didn't want your name to be associated with some radical stuff, maybe, and you didn't want that to affect your daughter's academic career in high school or college. Can you okay. Yeah, let me explain. Yeah, look, let me tell you, right? Um, when you when you have a family, right? And I just like I imagine you have your family. You weigh what you do and how it would affect them. Uh, you know, in their in their own lives, they 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 may not be as outwardly going as you are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I I try to be mindful on that. So yes, when my daughter was going to school here at Kingwood High, etc. I didn't want her to have any undue notice because of what her dad did. And God, this is a very, this community is a very insular community. So uh, I, I, I wrote with pseudonyms, meaning I, I didn't stop my beliefs. I didn't stop my writing or anything like that. But what I'm, I did is I did it in, in, in a, the name of a pseudonym. So that's what, what you heard, uh, Johnny. Okay, so I, I understand a little bit better now. And that makes sense. I, I wish more people were that way. 
Well, um, you know, it's also when how I do interviews. If I'm if I have an interview and I know there's something that is upsetting to uh, the person I'm interviewing, and it doesn't have a material effect on what they're running for or whatever. I'll leave it alone as well, right? I, I don't, my goal is not to kind of embarrass anybody or put somebody in a spot they don't want to be. It's so that we can get information for the better good. So that's my modus operandi. Right. So let me ask you another uh, te- technical question. When you were doing all these talks, and I assume you still do them, you still go to the Starbucks on a regular basis. Yes. Did you ever find to either yourself or encourage other people to pull out their smartphone and record the visual because, you know, lots of people, they're visually oriented nowadays. They don't like to read so much. Right. So that your conversations and aha light bulb moments that you could share that they could share with their friends and family. Did you ever do that? I don't use, you know, it, it's easy. That seemed like it would be easy to do, but it kind of messes with the flow of the conversation, in my humble opinion. Um, that's why I talk about building trust. Like a lot of these right-wingers that are my friends here in Kingwood that I would talk to at the... Um, at the let me tell you how much... How, uh, how much some of the, the, the trust people get now. A lot of these, the biggest problem people have right now, believe it or not, even as old as one may be, is peer pressure. All right. I don't want my friend to know that I'm not like them. In other words, there are a lot of, we call Kingwood a conservative town. When I talk to people in Starbucks a whole lot of times, they think they're conservative and they, they want, you know, because of the friends that they have and all that sort of stuff. But when we get into talking or whatever, their tone changed completely. There's this guy, there's this exec that comes in there all of the times. And I started a meeting with him uh, the last, maybe, maybe a couple months ago, I was there, he came in. And when he saw me, he ran and he sat next to me and we started talking about this stuff. He's a staunch conservative in his mind. And if he's with his friends out there and I walk in, you can see a certain degree of fear that please don't come and, you know, go into your, you know, we don't need to go into our left wing talk right now. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I get it. So, I mean, the thing about it is, is you have to give people the space. Uh, like I had to have the space to change. You have to give people the space, not only to change, but to accept who they really are. So that's, that's the way I look at it. It's, it's all human dynamics, brother. That's interesting that you say you have to give people a space. And you also made the comment just before that about not interrupting the flow. Right. Because uh, yesterday you tried something with me, which I understand where you're coming from, but it did not work for me. Okay. Because of it you put me on hold uh with the uh, and i guess i guess people listening to this, the program have the impression that johnny maybe could uh speak up at a moment's notice to react in real time to a to a other caller listener and that didn't happen i could hear you guys but when i said something it did not go out oh well you are not okay i left you not on hold i left you on well i thought you were on that if you wanted to interrupt, you could. What happened, John, is you are a regular caller. We talk to you all of the time. You are like a part of the team, okay? When a new call, and in fact, I'm, on, I'm, I'm probably going to dump you off in a minute. <laughs> we have three other calls. I'm going to keep you on hold. But the idea is that you always have something to say. You're like part of this show. So I, I didn't mean to be rude or anything like that. If, if it came across that way, forgive me. All right, brother? 
No, I didn't interpret it that way. What I'm saying is when you when you tried that technique, that might work for Will because it did work for him. He he, he is able to say things most of the time. Sometimes he's not able to say something. Yeah. I think that was a technical. Maybe. Well, maybe also work. remember that could have been technical with you as well. But brother, let me go to Augie. And then I'm going to go to Harry and then Ted. Uh, so you guys, please stay with me, guys. I want everybody to get a chance to talk. So let's go ahead to Augie. Come on in, brother Augie. Oh, hi, Egberto. You were talking about uh, you were like the liberal in Kingwood. Well, yes. I used to be River Oak. Oh, God. The conservative there, too. <laughs> and uh, I, I worked for the phone company, and River Oaks was part of our area. And I would go to these mansions of some of these conservative businessmen who are on the cover of Business Week and all all that other stuff. In fact, one of them was the guy who wanted to cut down the redwoods in California. Whoa. And sell the lumber to Japan. Now, I forget his name. But, uh, and I was normally, when I was there, uh, the owners weren't there, but the staff was. And most of the time they were black. And they were really nice. But if the trophy wife or trophy girlfriend was there, they were not so nice. <laughs> I tell you, but, man. But uh, when the, sometimes when they were there, uh, like one time, an owner of a jewelry store in the Galleria, uh, he was talking down to me in a loud voice. So I would talk back to him in the same type of voice. And, and, uh, then he'd calm down. Um, but normally, I guess when Obama came in, uh, all of a sudden, I, um, I started running into all these people that were conservative that uh, weren't conservative to me. One of them was a fellow worker. Uh, we He liked to read books, and he knew I liked to read books. And and, uh, and so he was never, con uh, uh, we never had confrontations political. But I retired when George W. became president, um, you know, a couple of years after he became president. And, uh, and I would visit my crew, and uh, they would tell me, hey, he changed. He's a conservative, and he's out there talking to the crew, telling them uh, this Republican uh, propaganda. And uh, he invited me to his house for a party because we were used to be close. And uh, he married a black woman, and at the party, his wife and her family, and they're all black uh, people, uh, young kids, at, like kindergarten, elementary, junior high, high school, and then sisters and brothers. And uh, he and I are having a political discussion in the kitchen, and our voices start getting higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then the the little kids here hear us talking and they come in to join in on our discussion. Well, just to listen in and see what we're saying. Then the elementary school kids and then the junior high kids come over, which pretty soon we have a small crowd and we're going back and forth. And it's interesting because then the kids jump in and the, his name is Rodney. They say, uncle Rodney, but, uh, what you're saying was wrong, and, and what he was saying was right. What Augie was saying was right. Yeah, but but at least you guys were able to have the conversation, right? Yeah, but uh, when the party was over, we walked out, and then he said, okay, uh, you believe what you believe, and I believe what 
I believe, though we're still friends and we shook hands. There you go. There you go, brother. There you go. Hey, Augie, I got to get to Harry, but let me tell you this, okay? The important thing is, like I, I said in, in my talk as well, if we're talk, if we're drinking coffee together and talking, and even though somebody tells you, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe, uh, both people are planting seeds, and the best seeds going to grow. It's that simple. And and if you're talking, you're planting seeds. If you're and and if you keep talking, you're watering it, fertilizing it, and the best one will grow. But anyway, brother, look, thank you for calling in, Augie. As usual, I love having you here. All right, brother. All right, thanks. Take care, buddy. All right, Harry, come on in, my brother. Oh, Roberto, uh, from one from one um, birthday boy to another on May 18th. This is Harry. I, I figured this was the Harry that called in. Come on, my Harry, talk to me. Well, I'm telling you, well, first thing I want to say is shout out to your uh, producer engineer, uh, Howard. Uh, he played Boneyism. I love that song. That's one of my favorite and smooth jazz songs. Uh, when I talked to him, uh, I guess about a week ago, I mentioned I'd like more Peter White. There are a couple of Peter White songs, uh, Romance Dance and Jump On It. And he can find Jonathan Butler going home. And Howard, hey, Howard is the best, uh, Harry. But come on, tell me what you want, my brother. Harry, I mean, Howard is the best. Right. Now I'll get to the political stuff. I like to think of you, Alberto, as a progressive. And what you said at the top of the show is absolutely correct. What we got to do is vote in more progressives. Uh, obviously, I think Joe Biden will probably get another term. But if we can get more progressives in than Joe Biden, I'm not a Biden fan either. Uh, we have to uh, roll those tax cuts back so that the wealthy pay their fair share and the working class people can get a break and not take such a beating on taxes. Thank you, Harry. I want to go to Ted, but I want to thank you for calling in, and I want to thank you for listening. And, hey, uh, Howard, you want to tell Harry a little quickie? Oh, uh, I agree with you on the Peter White. We'll try to get some more right. of that. Right. One other thing, Iberto, uh, 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 when you get a chance, let me know. Uh, email me when you can come to the Fondren Church. Will do, sir. I, I promise you that. I, my, my box is just fill as hell, but I promise to do that. Thank you so kindly, Harry. All right, man. Hey, ladies, you know what I noticed? Today, I'm, on most days, I'm only getting guys. Um, I don't think I'm a scary dude. So, women, I would love to hear your point of view. This isn't, I don't want a male-dominated world. And you know how Johnny and Harry and Ted and Augie are all males. I love them, but I'd like women to call in. Anyway, come on in, Ted. Oh, what happened to Ted? Hey, Ted, we accidentally dropped you. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. If that was an accident, my most sincere apologies. 713-526-5738. Hit extension number two, and we'll get you online right away. One more time, 713-526-5738. And remember, you can watch our program as well at politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv, or facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. And again, you can watch the show live. So you don't only have to listen to it, you can watch it on the video as we play videos. But today, the last one was played. I have another one to play, but I think I'll go ahead and forego that. 
uh, in by asking folks to call 713-526-573. Anyway, let me just uh, read the the uh, the mainstream coverage doesn't reflect urgency of major currents potential collapse. When a new peer-reviewed uh, study announces that a crucial Atlantic Ocean circulation system, a cornerstone of the global climate, may collapse as quickly as two years from now, you would think, you'd think news outlets might want to put that on the front page. The AMOC, the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, moves warmer water from the tropics to the northern Atlantic, where it cools, sinks, and returns down to the U.S. East Coast. Its collapse would be a climate tipping point. With the British Guardian explained, which British Guardian explained, and it said, <coughs> disastrous consequences around the world, severely disrupting the rains, and billions of people depend on for food in India, South America. And West Africa. Let's get Kuron into the studio, uh, into the on air right now. Kuron, you're on. Yes. Good morning, Alberto. It's Kiran, You know. Yeah, man. Good morning, Kiran. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Well, you know, I want to touch base on this, you know, because the conservatives, you know, Kingwood, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you think about this whole thing, you know, and say, could these people survive on their own with all their conservative? No, they could not. No, they could not. That's a quick answer, Kiran. Hey, so with that being said, how the hell they think America became so powerful? <laughs> America, well, you and I know how America became powerful. America became powerful because it's a con- it is it is the conglomeration of all knowledge from around the world. There you go. Exactly. Here you go. Here you go, my brother. So exactly. So with that being said, you know, we know that, you know, I mean, immigration, if you want to go to GDP, fix immigration, and you will see some GDP, 4 5% growth. We know that, you know, economists have told us that. Right. You understand how to go with the economy. But because of these conservative dysfunctionalities, that's why America is in the problem. It's in. America is a real British country, man. Thank you very much, uh, Karun. We're running out of time, and Jesse is on. And I asked for a woman to call, so it looked like we may be we may have gotten a woman. Thank you, sir. Jess, come on in. Yeah, a woman. Thank you. <laughs> I asked for yeah. I thought that was kind of funny, but anyway, with this uh, global system that you're speaking of, I'm not very educated on it, but I wanted to know. In terms of how we can do more uh, more environmental uh, positive uh, proactive things, is there any way that maybe the mayor or city council can um, create some kind of way that more of the communities can do uh, recycling with the oh uh, wow Jess, I am so glad you called. Jesse, I'm so glad you called and asked that because what I what I want to say is that you hit the nail on the head. We are all empowered and it's what we do as individuals that to form a collective to do exactly what you're saying. You just had that thought. You just we just talk about this meridional overturning circulation. You know about it now. You tell your friends about it and suddenly Maybe one time you go to city council and you say, hey, we need to put this on the radar. You go to, this is one program only. 
uh, Politics on Right on KPFT. You listen to other programs. You call in. You also blog. I can tell you where to find this article. If you go to politicsonright.com slash, um, slash newsletter, you can get a link to all the things that we talk about here. And you can post, uh, you can share that with friends of yours. You see, what we have right now is our media, as the article is saying, controls all, what you hear. But the internet gives you the ability currently now to share those things that are of real interest, not just what the media wants you to know. So you are a part of the system. If you heard my talk earlier before, you heard me use the term that when we formed the Coffee Party, we, we, we con started the concept called Be the Media. And when we said be the media, we meant all of us being the media by communicating among each other. You learned a little bit of something today, Jesse. Tell somebody else about it. Go to uh, politicsunright.tv, forward the newsletter to somebody, say, hey, we need to be covering this. Tell folks about it. Tell folks about KPFT as a station that you listen to where you get info. But Jesse, I just got a text. I only have a minute left. So give me a quick 15 seconds. I tell everybody about KPFT 90.1. Best thing going for us. A lot of information. Thank I appreciate all that you do. Thank you so kindly, Jess. You have a wonderful day. Hey, uh, give, me a, uh, give me a 15 and a 15, Howard and Jack. Oh, I'm going uh, to defer to Jack. He can have my 30 seconds. Okay. You were, you were mentioning humility. You know, humility is knowing how to stay within emotional, mental, and physical boundaries. Sometimes it's what you don't say. Oh, wow. Let's people grow. End it there, Jack. Some, okay. End it there, Jack. Sometimes it's that's what it. you don't feel you have to say. Thank you, man. That's powerful. You, were, did I interrupt you? Go ahead. No, we're good. No, we're Okay. Hey, that, that is intense. And what Jack just said, folks, is important. Sometimes it's what you don't say. You don't always have to say things. And sometimes that can make things move forward. Thank you, Jack, for that insight. That's a real insight right there. Anyway, thank you, Eric. Uh, thank you, uh, all the callers. Thank you, Melanie Keelan, even from Barcelona, Spain, for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Jack, in the studio. You know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.